University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at ubcbr on Facebook for more information. This morning, we find ourselves in the middle of our Little Big Things series, where we're talking about some of the little things that we can do to make a big impact on our church's growth and our church's thriving. So far, we've discussed formation, specifically spiritual formation, relationships, and volunteering. We've also explored the importance of doing all these things through the leading of the Spirit. We've been exploring these expressions through the lens of the book of Acts, where we read that the body of believers was a thriving congregation that was adding to her numbers daily. We too long to be a church and a congregation that is thriving and adding to our numbers, don't we? This week, we're going to explore the expression of missions. Now, as much fun as it would be for me to stand up and tell you tons of stories of our time in Slovakia, that probably would not express what I want you to hear today. And that is that missions is not just about those we commission and those we send overseas. God's mission for the world is in all of us. I hope you'll hear me with new eyes and fresh ears this morning. Let's start by reading the scripture. It's taken from the book of Acts, also sometimes called the Acts of the Apostles. Luke writes about many of the things that are happening in the early church after the death and resurrection of Jesus. We see the church growing and the church thriving. As Andy has talked about previously, throughout Acts, it says that the church was increasing in numbers daily. That must have been exciting for the early disciples, maybe even a little bit overwhelming. What do you think? In our scripture today, Luke gives a summary of the happenings of the early church. So we'll read from Luke, uh, from Acts 5, 12 through 16. Now many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles, and they were all there together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. Yet more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he came by. A great number of people would also gather from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing. God's word. In this passage, Luke is summarizing the life of the community from the perspective of those outside the community. They were being healed. People were coming from all around, those who were physically and spiritually and mentally sick, and they were being cured. Now, we're not going to get into a philosophical or a theological debate today about the method of healing or some of the confusing parts of this passage, but rather we're going to look at the impact of this body of believers, the impact that they had on the outside community. People were finding peace and joy and healing because of this faith community. I wonder if people might be able to say that about our faith community. Are we capable 
of healing the world? Maybe the image you get in your head when someone says the word missions has to do with a missionary couple giving a presentation. Or maybe it's hearing someone's story of a time they went on a mission trip. Or maybe it's even your own experiences of facing poverty in another country or another part of the city. Those things are certainly missions. But God's mission of love for our world is so much broader than just missionaries and mission trips. What does it look like for our world to be healed? What does it look like for me to offer healing power of Christ to others? Do I have to commit myself to years on the mission field or even a week on a mission trip? I want to tell you a few stories this morning. Some of these are things that I've had the opportunity to witness firsthand. Others are stories I've heard. But it's important that you know that except for the first three stories, there are, these are all people making an impact out of this congregation, engaged in missions through the activities and the workings of University Baptist Church. She's been serving in Japan for over eight years now. but She's always amazed at how God uses her in the everyday parts of her life. Recently, she was texting with a neighbor about Christmas plans, and it turned into a conversation about her Christmas traditions, especially the Christian ones. The conversation led her to invite this friend to watch her church's Christmas Eve service that would be broadcast on YouTube because of COVID-19 concerns. The friend asked for the link and promised to watch it. After watching the service from their respective homes, she took these friends some homemade Christmas treats and they talked together about the service. It was this friend's first time hearing the Christmas story, but hopefully not the last. This is missions. He gathers the microphones, the computers, and other recording equipment and thanks the men and women who've been a part of the latest project. He's done the same project in countless places around the world, but for the past 10 weeks, he's been in this Central European country recording Roma men and women reading the New Testament in their heart language. He's worked alongside the Christians to find articulate readers who will showcase the word of God well. They've worked long hours, but the final product will be an amazing way for people in rural villages all over eastern Slovakia to hear the word of God. This is missions. In a shelter in eastern Kentucky where she serves faithfully, she checks in a thin, pale woman who appears to be very anxious. As they talk, she learns that this lady was in a relationship that dissolved and she ha now has no place to stay. She has a car, but very little gas. She has no income and no resources. They work together to fill out the forms necessary to apply for benefits and housing. Then they pray together. What she doesn't know right away is that no one has ever offered to pray for this lady before. This small act of kindness and love touched this lady so deeply that she came back the following week with a gift of gratitude. This is missions. He straps on his tool belt and goes to join the group of volunteers who have committed this week to serve in a country far from his home. They listen intently as the leader explains what they'll be doing that day and in the days following. 
He will be a part of a group installing a water filtration system in some local churches that week. He's excited to help provide clean and safe drinking water for those who will visit these places. He knows that this gift of time will be a blessing to others, but he also recognizes the joy it gives him to be a part of a team going, doing good work to help others. This is missions. She sets up the chairs, making sure the space will be ready for everyone as they enter. For over 30 years, she has been welcoming people from all parts of the world to worship God in a safe and honest space. They've come from over 25 countries far and wide to study at the local university. And with the help of others, she has provided a place for them to learn English and to connect to others with similar and maybe not so similar faith. Living in a land not their own is not always easy, but this community of faith helps sustain them through the difficult days. This is missions. He sets out the sandwiches and prepares the game his students will play tonight. He's not expecting a big crowd, but he's thankful for the ones that will come. These international students will come to practice their English skills, but he also knows they'll come to experience community. Their time together is always a bright spot in his week, and he senses that this is the case for many of his students as well. This is missions. She wipes down the tables, turns on the bouncy house, and makes sure the coffee is prepared. When the young mom comes into the play space, this volunteer notices that the mom's looking a little overwhelmed. So she takes the stroller and helps her get settled. She helps the small boy take off his shoes and welcomes them on this rainy morning. She makes conversation with the mom and helps her feel at home in the space. She isn't pushy, but she mentions the upcoming events at the church's children's ministry we'll be having. For a few brief moments, this stressed mom can take some deep breaths and relax. This is missions. She is eight years old, and this Sunday, her Sunday school class put together bags with a toothbrush and toothpaste, some crackers, tuna, and a bottle of water. She's brought the bag along in her car, and she's ready to give it to someone she might see in need. As her, mom's, as her mom pulls up to the stop sign, they see a man holding a sign. Beside him are his wife and baby. Her mom rolls down the window and hands the bag to this family. They smile and wish them well. After they roll away, the girl says a little prayer for this family, that they will feel loved and cared for. This is missions. She prepares her classroom for the arrival of her students. She knows that her students come from all different backgrounds. This is a spa safe space for her students to grow and learn. She sets out puzzles and books and other manipulatives to keep her children's brains active throughout the day. She looks forward to today because it's chapel day. She knows her students will have the opportunity to hear about God and God's creation today. The children always love to go and sing and read and hear about the Bible on Chapel Day. This is missions. 
He blows his whistle and runs after one of the young children as they kick the soccer ball. Every spring and fall, he volunteers to help with the church's soccer academy. He loves seeing all the families from the community out socializing and the kids learning to love to play soccer. As the kids do soccer drills, they learn the skills in a non-threatening and a fun way. And their parents build community around the field, connecting with each other as well as the church members who are also present there. This is missions. She checks into the office and heads to the classroom where she'll meet her student. She's got a book and a simple activity for them to work on together. She's been coming for three years now, and she can see great improvements in her students' reading and overall confidence in school. It's only about an hour a week, but she knows that the relationship she's building with her student does make a difference. This is missions. He watches as a family of four cautiously approaches the door to the church. He offers a smile and welcomes them in the building. He takes their name and hands them two bags filled with all the fixings for a Thanksgiving meal. He prays silently for this family as they take their turkey, pie, and vegetables out to their truck. He prays that they would feel the love of God during the holiday and that the food they've received on that day might be used to fill them in body and in spirit. This is missions. On January 30th, we will write letters to some of the missionaries affiliated with the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, some of the missionaries whose stories I told you early in my sermon. We'll encourage them in the work they're doing and offer prayers for them as we write. This is missions. On January 30th, a group of us will go to open-air ministry and worship among those in our city who are experiencing homelessness. Before we go, we'll learn a little bit about the experience of homelessness in our city. This is missions. On January 30th, some of us will cook a meal to be served after the open-air ministry worship service. We'll take time to pray over this meal and over those who will receive it. This is missions. On January 30th, we'll assemble kindness bags like the little girl made to take to those we see around our city in need. We'll write notes to put in these bags and pray over them and for those who will receive the bags. This is missions. On January 30th, rather than assembling in this space for worship, we will, like the apostles in Acts, have an opportunity to impact those outside our faith community. We'll have an opportunity to heal our city and our world through simple little acts that make a big impact. But these things don't just stop on January 30th. Maybe there's a mission opportunity that you heard about today that interests you. Find out more. Get involved. Maybe there's something that's been tugging at your heart for a while now and you just can't just can't seem to shake it. Do something about it. God has invited us to be a part of his healing of our world. This, this is missions. Healing rarely looks like a shadow passing over a person and them going from a terminal illness to full health. 
Often it looks more like a conversation with a neighbor, a prayer with a person in need, reconciliation, a smile, a poignant conversation, a community in a strange land, a note of encouragement, or a warm meal. Let's go and serve. Let's preach and teach. Let's love and heal. This, this is missions. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful that you've called us, that you've called every single one of us to do mission in your world, that you've given us your spirit and your power and your courage to do your good work in the world. So, Father, we pray that we would be your ambassadors, that we would find those spaces, those places to say this is missions. Amen.